The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Are you ready to, to get into the Word today? I want to ask you to go with me if you would. Yes, let's go to Hebrews 11. Uh, Pastor Stephen wanted me to talk about faith and the importance of believing. Because I have learned this in just my Christian walk, that God will do all that you believe Him for. And I believe that in chapter 11, we learn from Hebrews that the writer of Hebrews was talking about faith. It's a faith chapter, a chapter on faith and how, it, in fact, he went on to say that we could not please God without it. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so I want to just, with the time I've been given, I want to encourage your faith. I want to encourage you to believe because I believe that's the first step to becoming all that God wants you to be and all that He has for you, it's by believing. And I appreciate Pastor Stephen's heart for the house because after we believe, which is in essence when we choose to put our faith in Christ and in Him alone, not only for our salvation, but for our future, for all that He has for us, the, the uh, uh, gifts and talents that He's given us, He wants to use those for His glory. And all He needs for us to do is just to believe Him by faith that we can, we can be, we can do, and we can have all that He said we can have. We can do all that He said that we can do. And after we believe, we belong. you got to find a place to belong. I love it out in the foyer. Everybody needs a house. Everyone needs a home. And then after we believe, we belong, then we can become. And that is my assignment today to just help you along your way in your becoming great for God. Because I just believe this, if we serve a great God, and the Bible tells us that great is our God, if we serve a great God, then we can have a great church, we can be a great people, we can have a great marriage, a great family, a great career, a great ministry, a great mindset, and we can just be great. Why? Because we serve a great God. Amen. Well, Hebrews 11, let me just begin reading. Father, I thank you for this time that you have given to us today. Father, I thank you for your anointing, your presence that is already here. Father, as Pastor Stephen said, just speak to us today, Lord. I remove myself out of the equation. In and of myself, I have nothing to offer, nothing to give. But Father, I know that you can just simply use me today as your servant just speak your word today, I pray, Father, and let it be timely. Let it be, Father, relevant. Let it, have, let it make an impact, Father. I believe that's, that's what this series is all about. It's making an impact. And I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hebrews 11, 23 through 28. It'll be up on the screen if you uh, don't have a Bible today. By faith, Moses when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. They saw greatness in him. And they were not afraid of the king's command. What was the king's command? Well, the children of Israel were flourishing even during this time in Egypt. And uh, Pharaoh, because he was a little bit intimidated by that, did not want the, uh, is the uh, children of Israel, the people of God, growing and, and flourishing because he was intimidated by that, thinking that they might overtake the Egyptians. So he came out with this command saying, and he was the king, so he could do that. He could make the decisions, and it was so, whatever he said as king. 
and he made this decree that he wanted all of the Hebrew babies, male babies, two and under, to be killed because he was intimidated because of what God was doing. Even in Egypt, he was flourishing his people. But in spite of all that, I'm here to tell you, church, faith rose up, not just in Moses, what we're going to learn today, it first started in his parents. That his parents demonstrated faith in the midst of the world system and what the world, the king was wanting to impose on the people. We're going to wipe them out. He was wanting to come against the family structure, wanting to take out the male seed, the male babies. And uh, in spite of all of that, it was Moses' mom and dad that rose up and said, no, we're, we know our child has a, has a purpose and a plan. There's a great calling on. They said, it, when it said, we, you know, he, they saw that he was a, a beautiful child, it was much more than just he had blue eyes or green eyes, and you know, but he had a calling on his life, and his mom and dad knew that. And so it started with his parents. And my first key, I believe, to becoming an impact maker, just a few points today, the first key, the first point is following God's plan. And we see that right off the bat. God's, uh, uh, Moses' parents understood that God had a plan for their child, Moses. He was a beautiful child. He was called. God had a plan for him. And because of that plan, they acted out in faith in spite of what was happening, in spite of the, what was imposed upon them by the, the king, the Pharaoh at that time. They exhibited and exemplified faith. And their faith rose up and said, hey, it doesn't matter what the world is saying, what the world is doing, what the king says. We know that our child has promise. And they put him in a basket. You know the story. And they sent him down the Nile River. That was faith talking. And if I can just encourage the parents, I believe this, that if we want our children to have faith, and I know we do, that's why you're here today, for the children's church and all of that, and have that word put into them as children and watch that word grow and mature in their hearts and lives. But I believe this, parents, if we want our children to have faith, they need to see faith in you and I. And it's faith that is lived out, faith at home, not just faith at church, but faith at home. And that's what we see here. That's the first key. It's just understanding and following God's plan. We know the Word tells us that He has a plan for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, I'm here to tell you today, young person, you are not here by accident or coincidence. God has marked you. God has purposed you for greatness. And He's brought you here for such a time as this because He wants to use you. And I've learned this. Before we can see God use our lives to impact others, He first has, before He can impact others through us, He has to first make an impact in us. And that's why you're here today. You are here to be invested in so that you can go out and invest into others. I believe that's what the vision is of this house. And it's first of all just understanding that uh, there's a plan. God has a plan for you. And that's uh, what we see here, that God had a plan for Moses. And what I love about this, when he got sent down the Nile, and that's kind of what we do as parents. We can't serve God for our children, but we can sure get them going in the right direction. We can sure put them in that basket and get them going, knowing that they are children of destiny. Our two are here this morning. I'm so thankful that I was able to bring my whole family. My lovely wife, Cammie, is here this morning and our two children. But that is our goal as parents. We can't 
make them serve God. We can't serve God for them, but we can sure put them in that basket and get, basket and get them going in the right direction to know that God has a plan and to know that they can live. That's why the, the word says as parents, our children are, shot, are to be shot as arrows and we send them in the direction that God would want them to go. And that's what we see here with Moses. He was going down the Nile and anybody like me, any guys in here have older sisters? I was blessed to have older, two older sisters, twins, by the way, six years older than me. I'm just going to be honest. I was spoiled. Yeah. Uh, they spoiled me. No brothers. They spoiled me. When I came home from the hospital, they were both six years old. They didn't need dolls no more. They just had me. <laughs> and it was great. I loved it. They spoiled me. Still do today. I'm 40 some odd years old. Still spoiled me today. But they're a blessing. But here's what I love. Moses had an older sister, Miriam. And when, her, when the mama and daddy put him down the Nile in that basket, older sister Miriam followed him along the bank of the Nile. The word tell, as, as Exodus will, will tell us this, but I want to move for the sake of time. But that's older sister Miriam just wanting to see what was going to happen to her baby brother. And we know the story. Pharaoh's daughter was taking a bath in the Nile and the, one of her servants, her attendants, was out there with her. And they find Moses in this basket. And they take him in. And we know that the Bible tells us that Pharaoh's daughter took him in as her own. What's so amazing, though, I don't know if you've ever seen this in this story. But uh, after they took him in, Miriam had mustered up enough faith to go right to Pharaoh's daughter and say, Hey, don't you think you're probably going to need a Hebrew woman to nurse this child? She said, Yes, you're right. Go find me a, a, a Hebrew woman to nurse this child. Miriam goes back home and says, Mama. Went back to Moses' mama and said, Mama, if you'll go talk to Pharaoh's daughter, she'll probably hire you and let you, and let you uh, take nurse, nurse Moses. That's exactly what happened. Uh, Moses' mama comes to, to Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter gives her the job. When you know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life, that woman got paid to raise her own son. <laughs> That's when you know God's got a plan. She got paid. How many mamas would like that? Yes. Underpaid, overworked. We couldn't have made it here this morning without mama getting the kids ready. I'm trying to prepare and pray and study and Cammie's getting the kids ready. But do you see God's hand was involved from day one? And God had a plan for Moses and, and, and Miriam, you know, was used in that and, and Moses. But here's what I want you to see the second key. It's not enough to just know that God's got a plan. We got to establish that right off the bat. The second key to becoming an impact maker is understanding we have to be focused on God's priorities. Because here's what we learned from the life of Moses. Here's what I find very interesting. And now let me keep reading here uh, in, Mo in uh, Hebrews 11. Let's read now. Verse 24, by faith Moses, watch this now, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, choosing. How many know faith is a choice? Choosing rather to, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. So we see here it says as he became of age. 
when he became 40 years old, you have to go with me this morning, he was actually raised by his mom as a young, young boy and Pharaoh's daughter. He had two mamas when he was being brought up. And he came to the point in his life, the Bible says when he was 40 years old, he made the choice to believe God, not just that God had a plan, but he chose to turn away from the one life that he knew as Pharaoh's boy, Pharaoh's grandson. Can you just imagine with me today how Pharaoh rolled in Pharaoh, or Moses rolled in Pharaoh's house as the daughter of, of the, uh, the, son, the son of Pharaoh's daughter? Can you just imagine with me today, being that he was right there in Pharaoh's house, you know he had to have the Mercedes chariot, you know he had to have the Gucci sandals, because that's just how you roll in, in Pharaoh's house, being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had it all. He had it all. He probably had more money than he knew how to spend. But he came to the point, when the Bible says, when he was 40 years old. Now, we got a lot of folk in here, a lot of young people, a lot younger than that, which I love that. But have you ever wondered why it took him 40 years to make that decision? Not just to know that God had a plan, but to make the choice to choose God and choose God's plan, God's priorities over the priorities of what he knew, over the priorities of the world. What the world called success, I'm sure Moses had it. Had everything the world called success. But he came to the point in his life at age 40 where he realized, you know why? Because he had two mamas speaking into his life. He had Pharaoh's daughter saying, hey, Moses, you training for reigning. You next in line. If you just keep on following us, we're going to raise you. You're going to be in charge. All this will be yours one day. You'll be in control. You'll be in charge. You'll have it all. You'll be in control. But yet he had a mama talking to him too hey, that may be what the world may call success. But son, you've been marked for something greater than that. You are been called for such a time as this for something that is greater than that, what the world calls success. And it is the fact that you've been marked. Do you know how when it says that uh, the Pharaoh's daughter found him in the Nile and it says that she knew he was a Hebrew baby? You ever wonder why? How did she know he was a Hebrew baby? Because he was marked, because he was circumcised. The Egyptian babies, they didn't, they didn't circumcise their babies. But the Hebrew boys were circumcised. And that's how she knew he was a Hebrew baby. And the significance of that is when, when the Hebrews were, were, were circumcised, that was following a covenant that was made from their forefathers, Abraham, the covenant of, of, of circumcision, which was a marking that basically separated God's people from everybody else. You've been marked. See, and that's why we have to understand that because of Christ, we've been marked, we've been called, and we've been set apart. We live our lives different from how the world lives their life. And that's, it took Moses 40 years to figure that out because he had two voices speaking into his life. And I believe that's the challenge we face in our culture today. You don't have to turn the TV on long to hear the voice of the world speaking to you, the voice of the world trying to mark you. Parents, can I help you with one more piece of advice? You, do your children know that they've been marked? 
Do your, have you marked your children? Do they know that they've been marked, that they've been called, that they have been set apart, that we are covenant people? They are covenant children today because we are covenant parents. Because I've learned this, if we do not mark our children and let them know who they are early on, that they are not of this world, that we might be in this world, but we're not of this world. If we don't mark them parents, the world will. You don't have to turn on the TV long to, 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 to figure out that they're going to try to mark you with the world's way of doing things, the world's system. We can't afford to let social media mark our children. We got to let them know they've been marked by God. And that's where Moses came to his life. He made a decision. He made a choice. He chose. You got to choose to believe. You got to choose to believe today, not just in God's plan, but choose to believe in his priorities. And that's another word we use in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in the word of God. It's a word that is called sanctification. After we're saved, we're justified. Just as if we'd never sinned. Justification. Just as if we've never sinned because of Christ. Because when he looks at us, he looks at us now as born again, children of God. He looks at us now as a father, as Pastor Stephen talked about. You got to know you have a heavenly father. And when he looks at us, he looks at us through the blood of his own son. Justified. But then after we know we've been justified, then there is a setting apart, a sanctifying. And that was the second key to Moses' life. When he was 40 years old, he decided to step away. He had to step away. From, from the world's way, the world system, Pharaoh's way of rolling, stepped away. Why? Because God had something bigger for him. God had something greater for him. And all he had to do was have faith to believe and step away from what he had known to what God had for him. So that's where we make it, church. That's how we make it. We choose God's priorities. We choose not just his plan, but we choose his priorities. And then the third key. I believe this will help us today get there to become the Im impact makers that God wants us to be. Here's the third key. And this one's not always very easy. Can I just, <laughs> can I just keep it real in the house? It's being faithful through the process. The first one is following God's plan. Are you following his plan for your life today? Or is up to this point, is it just kind of, you know, you kind of pull God out when you need him, you know, but yet there's still things you want to do and there's a path that you've kind of marked out for yourself. And, but we don't become the impact makers he wants us to be without following his plan. Because I'm here to tell you, his plan is the best plan. That's right. Living for God, following his plan. Yeah. I stole this from Stephen Furtick. Let me go ahead and tell you. I loved it. Anybody know who he is? I'm sure some of you do. Living for God, following God's plan, is not just the right way to live. It's the best way to live. Follow his plan. Choose his priorities. And the third one, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but it's being faithful to his process. And here's what I want you to see we learn through the life of Moses. When you grow up knowing you somebody, when you grow up maybe with like Moses did even under Pharaoh's house, had everything he ever needed, had a name. The Bible says in actually in Acts chapter 7, Moses was powerful in speech 
He was powerful in his ability. He was powerful in his speech. He learned all that from being in, Mos in, in Pharaoh's house. He had the best training, the best schooling. Acts 7 tells us, Exodus tells us, he had the best schooling that they had to offer in that time. He had a Ph.D. from the U of E, the University of Egypt. We have the U of A here. He had a Ph.D. from the U of E, University of Egypt. But when you come up a little bit too fast, with a lot of privilege, a lot, well, he had a position, he had a name, Pharaoh's name. Whatever he said went because he had that power and that privilege. But what we learn early on in Moses' life, he had the position. He had the privileges of being brought up to be an impact maker, be a leader, which is why we're here. But with the position, with the privilege at that point, before he understood this third key, he did not have with it the humility. He had position. He had power. He had privilege. But he didn't have prudence. And that means sound judgment. And I believe, church, that that comes through humility. Letting God take you and walk you through a process of humility. And that's why the Word of God teaches us that if we'll just choose to humble ourselves before the hand of the Almighty God, He would raise us up, the Bible says, in due time. And He raises us up, church, in Him, and we walk with a sound judgment. See, for some of us in our finances, it's not that we need more money. We just need more wisdom. That's why we, we're in this house, so we can learn how to manage our finances. Sound judgment, how to make good decisions. And the reason we learn this through Moses' life is when he had that power and prestige and that name as Pharaoh, a young man in Pharaoh's house, there were, you know the story, but I'll just, for those that may not, I'll take you there real quickly because I'm talking about process now. Staying faithful in the process because this is the final key that gets you there. I believe that key, the key of faith is what opens up the door that acts, gives us access to all that God has already purposed for us. It's given to us by grace. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's not because I matriculated from a particular university. Nothing wrong with that. But we have what we have because of God's grace. We receive it by grace because of not what we could do, but what He's already done. But I believe this, that faith to believe. Faith is the key that opens the door to all of that's been given to us because of God's grace. So I'm excited about being able to kick this off today talking about faith because I believe one of the great inhibitors in the church is doubt and unbelief. We believe in God. We believe in God. We just don't believe God. There's a difference. Believing in God. Oh, I know he's a, we sing the song. He's a good, good father. Don't worry, I won't sing. 
We want people to come, not people to leave. But we sing the song, He's a good, good Father. We know He's a good God. That's believing in God. We acknowledge His existence. We know He's there. And, but believing God means we're walking in faith, in obedience to His Word, to His plan, to His priorities, and to His process. I've come to encourage somebody today to just tell you all your... The frustration is just because you're in process right now. We'll get there in just a second. That's how we end today. I want to help you in the process. Oh, because a process is defined as something that has a beginning and an ending. Oh. You cannot get to the end without the process. But I've, I believe this. Moses had that power, that prestige, and how we learn through the Word of God because of that name he had. You know the story. One day there was an Egyptian fighting with a Hebrew, and Moses saw him fighting, and after he chose God's priorities over the world's, and he began to stand up for what he knew was right and follow the plan that God had for him and not the plan that the world had for him. We know what happened because of his power, his prestige, the privileges that he had as Pharaoh's grandson goes up to that Egyptian and takes him out, takes, doesn't use good judgment. Yeah, takes matters in his own hands. Kills the Egyptian. And then... He hides him, the Bible says, under the sand so that nobody would know. Now, before he did that, the Bible says he looked to the left. Yeah, he looked to the right to see if anybody was there watching. No one was there. Mm -hmm. He took that Egyptian out. Here's what's so amazing. 24 hours later, the Bible tells us the next day, not the next week, the next year, the next day, there were two Hebrews fighting, two brothers. And Moses goes up to them. Why are you guys fighting? Y'all are blood from the same family. And the one who had started the fight looked at Moses and said, Who do you, who are you? Who put you judge over and ruler over us? Are you going to kill me like you did that Egyptian yesterday? And Moses, uh-oh, word got out. Now, how did that get out if there were only three people there that day? One, I'm gone. <laughs> the, Egypt, the Egyptian didn't tell. He was gone. Moses took him out. You know Moses didn't tell on himself. It was the one that he helped. Why do I bring that? Just a little nugget, side, side note. The people sometimes you help the most and you do the most for, you invest in the most will be the ones that will turn their back on you. But that's a whole other message Pastor Stephen will cover on a whole other. Don't hate the haters. You love them. Because the haters don't determine God's purpose and plan for your life. The haters don't determine the level of your impact. He does. And our willingness to just simply choose to believe in Him. That we can really make an impact. Now here's what happened. Because of that, He's on the run. And I'm coming to the end. He's on the run. In 24 hours... I mean, it got on CSNBC, CNN, Fox, 
in 24 hours. How do I know that? Because Pharaoh knew about it. It got back to Pharaoh in 24 hours to the point where Pharaoh wanted to take him out. So the Bible tells us Moses was on the run, a fugitive running because of a, just a lack of some sound judgment. Marked by God, called of God, choosing God's priorities. But God wasn't done with him yet. There was still some process that needed to take place in his life. God was raising him up. He was not ready to lead God's people at 40. Because even though he knew position, he knew some leadership, he did not know humility. So here's what I love about our God. Even though Moses had missed it bigger than Dallas, made a mistake, took matters in his own hand, didn't use good sound judgment, and he finds himself on the run. And the Bible says he goes to a place called Midian. And not far from that place was a mountain called Horeb, which is known as the mountain of God. And even though he was on the run, even though he had messed up, even though he probably thought his world had gotten turned upside down, he was on top one day, down on in the gutter the next. He was in the White House one day, he was in the outhouse the next day. He probably thought it was, it was, it was good while it, it was a good run, it was good while it lasted, but now he's at, at, at the backside of this desert, meets a man by the name of Jethro, turns out to become his uncle. He marries one of his daughters. Aren't you thankful that his father-in-law hooked him up with a job? That's me. I have a father-in-law that hooked me up with a job, gave him a job tending sheep. And he thought, look at me, tending sheep. One of the most menial tasks that there was in that time, just taking care of sheep. But in all the while, God still had him in process. God wasn't done. God was just getting started. Moses wasn't ready to lead at that time. So he's in the, on the backside of the desert for another 40 years. 80 years old. But you see, my point in that is you've got to trust God in the process. Maybe you're not where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Amen. God is still faithful. Come on, we can give him praise. And just know you're in process, that he's taking you somewhere. Just as he was with Moses, he was, had Moses in process. Why? Because he had to teach Moses the importance of humility. And I believe that's the key that opens the door in our life is just learning and be to, to become a person of humility and let God work in our hearts and we just we we allow him and we trust him in the process. That's my third and final key. Trust him in the process. Because where he's taking you, church, it's somewhere. He's taking you. Young person, I got so excited when I saw all of these young people, college age in here. My goodness. It's amazing. But just know there's a process involved. There's a place, there's a place that he wants to take you, but you don't get there. Hear me, young person, just knowing God's plan, choosing God's priorities. But there's always that third key. It's trusting him in the process. Letting him humble you. Letting him grow you and mature you 
And, and that's, well, let me just read this uh, verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Verse 28. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. So by faith he forsook Egypt. There it is again. By faith he believed he forsook Egypt and he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That doesn't make sense when you first read that. He saw the invisible. What is that making reference to? As the New Testament writer of Hebrews is encouraging the New Testament church by bringing out Old Testament figures. You want to know why he did that church? Because when you look at Hebrews, he is, he is constantly encouraging the, his audience, the, those that he's writing to, by simply not giving up on their faith. He talks a lot about perseverance and enduring. He talks about in Hebrews. It's Hebrews where he says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. You'll find that in Hebrews because there was a tendency for them to quit and give up on their faith, give up on what God had started in them. There was a tendency for them to stop believing and to ask themselves, Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? And here's what he says to them in Hebrews. You'll, have, uh, you'll find this in Hebrews as well. He says the righteous will live by faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we live our life, by faith. Right. Trust the process. Right. You trust the process. Then he said not only will the righteous live by faith, but then he says, as I said already, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. Without faith. So we trust him in the process. And I believe that's where some of us are here, maybe today, this morning. Can identify with Moses, not where you want to be. Maybe some things didn't work out the way you thought they would. Maybe there's been some mistakes along the way. Can I just tell you, we all been there. But the good news today, there's still a God who is in control and in charge and who, who is still overseeing the affairs of your life. Once you've been marked by God, you've been marked by God. And you got to know that. Even though Moses made some mistakes, he was still marked, was still set apart for greatness. And all he had to do was trust God in the process. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at The House, follow us on social media at The House underscore NWA.